Welcome back to Mixtape Love Notes. Ooh, that was so deep and sassy. I'm Kyle, with my lovely wife, Kimberly. Hello. And we are back to talk about marriage and relationships and our kids and life and personalities. And all the things in between. All the fun stuff. So, you have such a smooth voice when you're talking on here. I, hello. Not, hello. I'm Kyle Cole. <laughs> I don't think you're supposed to comment on it, though, are you? Oh, sorry. I mean... I haven't been on radio before, so I don't really know the I was protocol. Just, I was just saying. No, you just have this, like, real smooth, gentle voice. You should be on the coast. Put you to sleep. I'll give you the love notes. At the mix big, mix the big tape love notes. Who are you sending this one out tonight to, Kyle? That's just crazy. <laughs> I'm hilarious. So we're back at our, our uh, dining room table. Mm-hmm. With uh, with some beer and some dino chicken nuggets. No dino children. Dino chicken nuggets. And we're not sharing. <laughs> There's not uh, slobbery little fingers on them, which is nice. I think I was singing a song earlier today. What was that? Do you remember? I don't. It was a Beastie Boy song. And I was excited about sleeping all night. No, I said, no kids till. Bom, bom. Bom, bom. Tomorrow. Yeah, that's the same as No Sleep Till Brooklyn, I think, right? I know. That's what I was going for. Oh, okay. No, no, no. I know. I'm just saying it's Did the I same. I embarrass you a little bit? Uh, just the usual. Oh. <laughs> no more than usual. Ouch. <laughs> that one cut me deep, man. You're not surprised. I'm not. So, for, uh, so last, last time, I was going to say last week, but it wasn't last week. Last time we last talked about- Last episode. Last episode we talked about- Kind of the intention behind the podcasts and what we would talk about. And I think a good first topic is how to love each other well. Mm. It is a topic you are very good at, sir. I do my best. <laughs> you make it easy. Oh, stop it. Ha, this is a no cliche zone. Oh, these are all things I would say to her normally. That is. If you all weren't here. A true story. I'm only saying. So. Um, I have a very unpopular opinion on this. I say it's unpopular and you'll see why in a second. Um, so I think it, it's generally, it's pretty hard to, to love another person, like fully love another person. Uh, even if you're like enamored by them, which, which I am wink, um, <laughs> but oh my, <laughs> it's still pretty hard to like love each other well and it not be super cliche. It's even harder when you have kids and so I was trying to articulate that to somebody. I don't even remember who, but I was trying to articulate that to somebody. And I said, super unpopular opinion. I love my wife more than my kids. <gasps> I know. Which is weird just because I think in like at least American culture nowadays, maybe Western culture in general, maybe any culture, it doesn't really matter. But le- at least in our like community, I think a lot of people, a lot of people our age have the perspective that... You should love your kids like more, more. I mean, you love your kids more than yourself, obvious, which is obvious. Like, I love, I love almost everybody more than myself. That's you know, Aww. kind of, kind of the usual. That's an introvert thing, right? I don't think so. Nope, that's just that's just called self-deprecation. Po- yeah, poor, poor self, poor, poor self-esteem. Hey, man, I've spent the last ten years building that up. I, I got it. I got it. We can address that later. Okay. But anyway, I think the idea is that a lot of people say like, "Oh, I love my my kids more than anything, more than anyone." And it's like, oh, that's that's mostly true, except for my spouse. I mean, the the whole reason they exist is because I love my spouse, my my lovely wife, as like more than anything. And so, if they are, if the theory is is that they're a byproduct of our love, then I should love them more, or I should love you more than them. 
I would think. And so I was thinking like, well, that sounds kind of insulting. Like how, how lame will that be when our kids aren't five and 16 months and they're like 18 and some other age, 20 <laughs> and they're, talk about it. and they're hearing us talk about this, probably hearing this episode, I would think like, Hey, Hey kids, here's the explanation. But they, they read either up. so embarrassed to remember how uncool their parents are. Oh no, they don't need memories of that. They'll, they'll, they'll know. <laughs> they'll be living it. <laughs> but that they'll hear that. I, I love you more than them, which I think is, I think that's fair. And hopefully they'll understand it at some point. But I think that the best way to love them is to love you more than them because I think it'll just come out naturally. It's one of those things that it's like, well, if you focus really hard on the thing you're trying to do, you typically will like trip over your own feet kind of a thing. But if you focus on the, the important thing, the right thing to do, then it'll everything else will just kind of fall into place. I think that one of my favorite things that I've heard you say, and not just because you're talking about me, but one of my favorite things that I've heard you say is the best thing I can do for my boys is to love their mom well. And I think that that is such a huge um, statement um, in that you're teaching them to be good men, that you're teaching them to be appreciative of women, to respect women, um, but you're also making them like better husbands in the future. You're showing them what it looks like to love their wife or their spouse the way they're supposed to be. And, mm-hmm. um, but then the flip side for me is my job is to show you that same respect and that same love that you give to me because I'm also showing them what they should have as an expectation of the type of woman that the type of woman that they should should find. I I mean, I don't want them to marry somebody just like me cuz one that's super creepy and second, um I'd probably hate her. We we also already have one of you. I it's the most the world could take. You know, we're talking about love here and these are not very <laughs> loving comments. I think there's plenty loving. Is it? You're one of a kind, dear. I don't think that's what you meant. That's exactly what I meant. <laughs> um but I think that that they will know how to treat a woman and how to treat their spouse. Um, but I hope what I can give to them is that they should expect the same in return. And, and granted, mm-hmm. we love each other differently. We're different people. Um, I mean, very basic. We're different genders and we, we – process things differently but we have different personalities we have different personalities but i i hope that they know they can find from our relationship for uh, us loving each other out loud and in front of them Mm -hmm. um and to hear you say things like i love my your mom more than you um followed with an explanation of course it's never Mm -hmm. as frank as that i I don't think i ever tell them that directly no and even even out of anger i don't tell them that directly to hey man we're on the same team like, you might think, and I know this is just a kid thing, try and pit each other up against each other, and we're just now, like, treading that water, really. But, at least for the big, he will always know that we are a united front and um, that he doesn't get to break us up. Right. Even in whatever hardship he's enduring. And granted, this is really easy for us to say when we have a five-year-old. Yeah. But um, we're, we're the original team with the a mm-hmm. team yeah um and That's we right. do love and love being with them and i love being in it with them but um 
I just really hope that they can, what they gleam from watching us, talking with us, mm-hmm. how we respect each other. Um, I think how we're frank with each other too. We don't, we, right. we don't, we don't hide arguments from them. We don't all out scream at each other, but I, I mean, well, like, we don't all out scream at each other normally. We do, yeah, we don't do that in general. And so that that we wouldn't do that in front of them like, either way. But mutual respect for each other. I I never. There's really no reason for us to ever talk hateful to each other. No, and there are times though where like human nature gets the better of us, and Absolutely. we do. We're we we tend to be better on the the acknowledgement of that. Sometimes it takes me a little longer than you, but mm. I think we it's we tend I had to longer to work at it. Well. I guess. I think you know yourself better. Thank you. I've worked really hard at that. But I think that I think that the fact that they that our boys like will be conditioned over time to hear the entirety of that process, like us irrationally scream at each other because again we're human. Um, to process things, to express our emotions at each other, or distaste for the emotions we're feeling because of each other, uh, and then to come back and admit that we're wrong. Or admit when we've gone too far. I think that's one thing that I like really appreciate that you do with them is that if you, I don't know, yell too much at them or if you, if you go too far, you tend to back up right away and say like, oh, I'm sorry. Like mommy didn't mean that. Or an ugly mom comes out. Eh. I think that's human nature. I think we all have an ugly side, but our cat is making an appearance again. It's like she knows when we're talking to you and she really wants to say hello. But I think... I, I think that that has conditioned me to be better about it because I certainly don't. Mm, thank you. I certainly don't go back and correct what I'm saying because of how somebody else feels, or at least I didn't before <laughs> before we had kids. Uh, and I think just being able to like watch you interact with uh, like essentially another part of us mm-hmm. um, and a part of yourself, I think that that makes it a lot easier and more approachable to take that action out into nature when I'm talking to. <laughs> to coworkers or colleagues and or just people in general who are talking about life and talking mm-hmm. about their own hardships. And it's like, well, I, I'm really sorry that happened to you or I'm, I'm sorry that I'm sorry. Life sucks sometimes, or I'm sorry that there's no explanation for this. Uh, I think, I don't know. I just think you learn a lot about yourself and a lot more about your spouse when, when it's not directed at you, when there's some like third party, you know, and you, you're the objective, you're the objective third party to an interaction. Yeah. And so I think that that's, I don't know, that's taught me a lot about how to interact with people. You Thank know, you. of course you like learn, learn about how to interact with people from your wife and a five-year-old, but. <laughs> you know what? I think the a really hard thing that, so to move from like uh, a newborn, you're not, I mean, you're not really parenting. You're just trying to keep alive. Like the first, I would say two years, I feel like. Let's face it. The first 18 years, you're just trying to keep them alive. <laughs> well, that's always the goal. But I feel like... Um, yes, yeah, so you just start saving them from them, their, themselves after a while. Um, when the big started moving more and more into three, four, five, it shifted from like just managing to like parenting. And there's so much of that that um, brings out your own like family of origin, for one thing. And you start to look and reflect on like how how was I parented? How was my husband parented? Oh, I'm so glad you got a chance to reflect instead of just repeating things that your father told you and then realizing that those are things that your father told you that frustrated you. I'm really glad you got a chance to reflect on that. I, I just ended up 
hearing my dad's words come out of my mouth. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, but it, but for me, it's it maybe your dad's words coming out of your mouth. But for me, sometimes it's my mom's, and um, this is no secret. And she didn't. She had a little bit of a temper when we were growing up, and so um, when I lose my cool with the boys, specifically the big. Um, I, I hear my mom and there's a wonderful traits that I have gathered from my mother mm-hmm. that, I agree. um, is not one that I wanted to carry over. I'm sure that's not one she would want you to carry over. Absolutely either. not. She, and she said that, um, but I, what would I have wanted different in that? And that's where parenting, parenting versus survival, <laughs> um, I think that that was what moves us into this different um, thing where it, there's a lot of introspection that has to go. You have to do a lot of reflection back on like what it looked like for you to be parented. Okay, what did you like and what did you not like? Some of the things that I loved that my parents did um, is my brother and I were were and still are very polite. Um, we always answered the phone. Walker Residence, Kimberly speaking. May I please ask who's calling? Um, <laughs> or, You're very good at that. I am. Thank you. Um or we weren't allowed to like ask if a friend could spend the night in front of the friend because it put our parents in this really stressful, like not stressful, but like an awkward position. To, it like sets them up. Yeah. And where the other kids staring at them like wide eyed, like, like, why can't I why come spend the I? night? And so that was an automatic no. If we asked in front of another, in front of our friend, or if our friend said, hey, can I spend the night tonight? And it looked like a setup. Then I mean, because as it turns out, you're not as crafty as you think you are crafty. when you're when you're kids. It's really weird. Well, I don't think I'm really a crafty 33 year old though either. You aren't. I'm um, sorry. But so that you're, was you're thing, as crafty like, as you were when you were. Five. There was a lot of like foundational stuff. I have wonderful family traditions, um, and a lot of them. Um, oh, they'll come out in this podcast. I'm certain uh, of it. It's hard not to. Um, but in those. There was a lot of really great foundational work that I got to look and say, okay, do I want to do this with my kid? How do I want to, how do I want to move forward? What are things that I'd like to leave behind for the last generation? How, how do I want to progress with my child moving forward? And I think that that's just life is you're always trying to move forward to better what was originally there. Hopefully. Um, but it was definitely a struggle to, to move into parenting when you're really trying to understand your own emotions, and now mm-hmm. a person, a little person who has these big emotions because you gave them to them, and they, they're they little and they don't know how to process it. Yeah. And so it's how it's do the you raw be, version of your right. emotions. But it puts a lot of things in perspective. It gives you a lot of, of a reality check when you're overcomplicating things and things are reeling through your head, and this little three-year-old just lays it out real flat. <laughs> yeah, that's that's always fun when you see like stark raw humanity through your three year old. Yeah, I don't even know where they come up with things that they say, the which I'm sure every parent says. Yeah, but... I, I know we're not alone in this, um, but then you see your own personality coming out, and then Ugh. and it's wonderful and terrible all at the same time. Our our oldest is um, has a processing like Kyle. He looks like me. Processes like thank Kyle. God they both look like you. <laughs> um. But then he has this deep empathy and this deep um, – he's really great at affirming people. Um, <laughs> including us. Including us. Thank you, Mommy, so much for that really great day you gave me today. Mommy, I love it when you do this. Daddy, I love it when you do this. Daddy, thank you for making this thing for me. Ooh. That's, he says stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, 
And in between all that, he's screaming and yelling at us. I uh, want to be yeah, real clear. Yeah, yes, and loving his brother a little bit too much. Little too much. Um, but still. But it, but it's this wonderful like where you're like, oh wow, where did he learn to do that? Oh, those are my words that he's saying. Those are definitely your words that he's saying. Or he takes he takes things apart to try and understand how they work, and that is 100 percent Kyle. And it's so fun because you see him doing it, and you know that that's just something. He's doing, he doesn't know he's doing it to be like his dad, but he is 100% just like his dad. And, and there's something so fulfilling about that. Oh, it's only mildly creepy. I think it's wonderful. I also hate having to put it back together after he's done. And then he takes it apart again. Then he takes it apart again. So do you think we could get your mom in here and ask how many times you took things uh, apart and put them back together? Some of them are still apart, actually, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, so anyway, with outside of kids, though, like which uh, obviously, like we said, that adds a whole a whole second dimension to the like difficulty of loving another person. Cause I mean, it's always easier to just, you know, be yourself, love yourself, do your thing. Right. But like, even before kids, like I, like I, I would say like my, my first love prior to you was like m- my career. I I've like been very career focused. I've been, I've been in this industry since I was 15. Like the, the minute I could get a work permit, this is what I started doing. This is all I've ever done. This is all I've ever been passionate about doing. And like while while the focus of it has changed, it's all generally the same like circle of interest. Mm-hmm. I would say like live production. We'll just center it around that. Um, I have a, a fantastic employer that I love working for, and I work a lot. Like a lot. I work holidays, I work birthdays, I work I work every day of the year if, if if that's what they wanted. And when we met, that's what I was doing. And so something I always used to tell something I told previous uh, interests was that listen, I like. I love my career, and if you at all care about me, you will never ask me to leave my career. Bye. And so that got modified with you. Oh, that that modification came from me. I would I would say so. Like I, I probably said it differently because I was I was a little subversively noncommittal. Kyle also loves to the, his biggest and fullest extent. Yes, to my own detriment, as it would turn out. That can be true. Again, a different story for a different time. <laughs> but something that we had discussed was that. Uh, and, and like I, like I said, I think I had said it similarly before, but like you would, if you really, like, like I said, if you really cared about me, like you would never ask me to leave this career cause I, I love it so much. Um, and, and I think like somewhere deep down, I thought that even if somebody had asked me to leave, like, oh yeah, I would totally do it. And it's like, well, obviously it's different with you. And I think like history has shown that between us, but, mm-hmm. uh, what we had discussed was that like, I, I, I don't love my career more than you. I love my career different, differently than you. They're mm-hmm. distinctly different categories. And like, obviously I can live without one and can't live without the other. Sorry, sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. I was going to say inquiring minds want to know which one is which. Uh, but like, I don't think, I don't even think it would cross your mind unless there was something dramatically wrong with something that was happening in my career. Not necessarily who I work for today, but something that was happening in my career. I don't think you'd ever ask me to leave. Um, like, I mean, we've joked it, like everybody jokes about when like politics get bad or when like society gets bad, you go, man, can't we just move to place X and get away from this? I have said that on multiple times. Yeah, yes. You only said it seriously once, but, uh, and I think it's no, no surprise to anybody that the current political climate kind of just made, made people go extra crazy and like reconsider life extra than they normally would have. Like, mm-hmm. Uh, the, like the things that are normally hyperbolic became very serious conversations. Uh, that being said though, like my, my career is pretty, pretty well available in Los Angeles and New York city, m- maybe like central Florida. Yeah. 
and maybe uh, Nashville. But not there's anything wrong with Florida. It's just really, really hot there. <laughs> I was going to say, way to ostracize anybody no, that no, might no. listen to this in Florida. You know, shout out to Central Florida, but. It is really hot, though, <laughs> and my hair would not survive in she, your climate. She doesn't do so well in the humidity. I, on the other hand, I love humidity. She mm-hmm. she does not love that. But that being said, like, humidity. like I don't think you'd ever ask me, not just because you love me, but because you love that I love what I'm doing, I don't think you'd ever ask me to leave my career unless something was, like, really, really wrong. Well, and yes, and it's it's nice to know that I don't want to say I have that in my back pocket, but I have that. So you have it in your front pocket? Is that where you're keeping it? I, I don't think these jeans even have real pockets. Um, Girl jeans. <laughs> um, but it's nice to know that that if it really came down to it, and it wouldn't be a simple, like, you need to leave. It would be a very in-depth conversation with multiple layers to it. But it's nice to know that it's not a hard I would never do this. I would this. never do yeah. this. Because um, we learned in our premarital counseling that <laughs> never and always is not good good words to... Um, it's not very productive for your marriage. Yeah. It's not very productive for never, you personally. It's but never, like, never and always. Um, there's true. always an in-between. And But what I, what I have always said to you in response to that... What you've always said to me? Ooh. What I... Frequently say to me. Frequently say to you... Okay, so we don't use always and never in arguments. Let's start there. Yes. Um, or we try not to. We are not perfect at it. Um, but something that I frequently say to you, um, to your response of, if she loved me, she never asked me to leave my career. But if she asked me to, I would leave it, um, is, is finding the balance of, of a lot of it. And, and I have said, if he didn't love what he was doing – there was no way we could survive this schedule. Um, That's true. When we first started dating, it was like minimum 12-hour days, six to seven days a week. Yes. Nights, graveyards. Weekends. Weekends. Holidays. Days, holidays. Multiple um, multiple shifts in a day. S- small um, times of like a turnaround time. Um, and so it was hard. It was really hard when we first started dating. Mm-hmm. And I had never experienced that type of schedule. And if it had, it had never been a continuous thing for myself. So I couldn't even fully understand and grasp what was going on. I thankfully um, have worked in in entertainment also. So I understood what your job was. Mm -hmm. And that gave me a lot more, um, I want to say grace in that. Sure. And a lot more understanding in it. Well, but, like, I mean, at least you knew I wasn't out, like, screwing around or, yeah. like, oh, I mean, I'm just sitting at... you can't say that your job is not a little bit screwing around. Oh, no, I meant, like, I'm not, like, screwing around on you. Like, oh, yeah. Like, you, wink, you knew wink. you you knew I wasn't, like, sitting at a bar getting blitzed without you or, yeah. like, yes. instead of being at work. Like, it, you knew where I was. You knew what I was doing. Like, it wasn't weird that I was at work all these totally. odd hours. Like, it, I understood, like, if the job's not done, you don't get to leave. Like, I get it. Yes. Um, the show only I goes on if we are it? there. <laughs> Was it easy? Was it? Is it fun to go to things alone? Absolutely not. It is no. really hard. Now with two people in tow, it is even harder. Um, but what I did appreciate was that you would come home and genuinely love what you did. So you come home happier. If you hated your job, there's no doubt you would have worked 12-hour days. 
six to seven days a week and been so grumpy that it wouldn't even have been tolerable for you to be around you. Like, yeah. I don't mean that as an insult, but no, that's I. I agree. And granted, there's bad days and there's. I was going to say when I have bad days, that's a day. good little picture of what it would be. Yeah. If it was like that every day. Um, and I've and I've always said, even when people are asked, how do you deal with his schedule? How do you deal with him traveling? How do you deal with, um, and especially now with kids and and. All I all I can say to that is he loves his job. I love to watch him do his job. It's probably I don't even want to say probably. It is one of my favorite things to watch you do mm-hmm. is to watch you work because um, you are the most confident and the most um, assured. And there's not self doubt. There's not all those things. You are just this confident I'm just man. Just better at hiding it. And you look damn sexy doing it. I'll um, take that. <laughs> but. You love your job, and I love to watch you love your job. And and you also had said to me, because um, it is hard for you to just to pick up and leave work, because there is other things that are affected by that. Um, you said to me, if you really needed me to leave, like to come home, mm-hmm. that that's always an option. Yes. So I know that there's sometimes I text you and I say, please come home, and you give me the like, do I need to come home? And no, I, I just give the really skeptical do. eyes. Uh, yeah. No, I just really want you to come home. And there have been a couple of times that you've had me come home that is and true. I have come home or circumstances had me come home and I've dropped everything and come home. Absolutely. Things I thought I would never do. Actually, things I'd never previously done before either. But I like I, I think that the like the couple of times it has happened, I think that's enough evidence for you to know that like when it really counts and when it really matters, that that is what will happen. But then the flip side, the fact that I haven't truly asked for that a lot in the last 10 years, I, think, I would hope that you would, that would, yeah. that would affirm that I wouldn't ask you to leave for, like, for a petty reason. Yeah. Right. I think, I think it's mutual. I think that like, and, and what's funny is I think of the couple of times I'm like, I'm trying to think of a third time, but at least of the two times I've left, one of which you didn't even instigate, it was circumstance that did. Um, I don't know. Like it, I, I find myself being more elective with, being okay to not being there. And like, I, I'm a little like, it, it's kind of like, I don't know. It's, it, it, in and of itself, it's kind of circumstantial. Like I've been in the industry long enough that people know my, my ethic enough that if I've left, there's obviously a reason if I've like thrown everything up in the air and left that there, something bad must've happened. Mm. Um, cause like I, I've literally been at work on not, not, not literally on my deathbed, but like in pretty dire straits, I've been at work, when, when I probably shouldn't have been. And so I think people know Agreed. enough that if I, if I've left work, that something, something terrible must've happened here. Um, especially if you're asking, cause like I said, I think I can only think of one time you've asked me to leave. Anyway, that's beside the point. Something that we talked about too, that, um, I wasn't really going to ask because I was going to save that, save those opportunities for the times that when we did have kids, and now we do when they hit the point where they don't understand why their dad's not home and they hit the point of like just needing you to come home. They've, they've been pretty understanding as well though. Like I that's think also how we've raised them. Right. I think, I think your, your projection of how you view me being at work, they've kind of absorbed that and appreciated it. At least as the, as the, the bigger one has gotten bigger and he's kind of seen the, the fruits of it and he's experienced it for himself. I think he has come to the same conclusion that you're at. 
which will yeah. only help the littler one like figure that out as but well. But I also have that like in my back pocket for when we hit those moments where they just can't understand and they just need you to come home. Yeah. I I would like to think that I've reserved those well, let's face frivolous it. times that I've wanted you to come home for those times that they need you to come home. Let's face it. They'll be teenagers at some point. Easy. Why do we have to talk about that? I don't know, man. They're little babies and they're precious and they would never grow up. Yeah, they're five and, and 16 And leave months. me. What is that saying? A daughter is a daughter forever, but a son leaves. <laughs> is that how it goes? Thank goodness we don't have any daughters. Thank <laughs> goodness we don't have any daughters. So anyway, yeah, you can contact us <laughs> at our website. Remember when you talked about me having awkward segues? That's not no. You talked about you having awkward se- oh, segues. I I'm just perpetuating our uh, mutual personality. So mixtapelovenotes.com. Mixtapelovenotes.com. That's where you can go. You can email us. You can say, hey, talk about this. And like we said before, you can send mean things, but we're not going to respond to them. We'll filter your ass out. (laughs) It's that simple. We don't want to hear it. If you got something bad to say, we don't want to hear it. So we'll take your constructive criticism, though. Constructive criticism. Constructive. If it comes to us in love. If you come to us in hate. Peace out. Yep. You're getting filtered. Just don't listen. Your ass just got filtered. Uh, so also one of the things, one of the, one of the hallmarks of our podcast in episode two, in episode two is the one with the, I'm just kidding, <laughs> is that, uh, we have a, we have a song for you. Ooh. We're not going to play it though. We don't play these on here because like license music licensing is a bitch. Um, and, uh, we don't have any money. We have no money, but, uh, we do have a playlist on Spotify. You can go and listen to it. It's fantastic. Mixtape love notes. So you can either go to my Spotify profile, Kyle D. Cole, not Kyle D. Coleman, Kyle no, D. Cole. It's a Kyle D. Cole. It's a very handsome guy. And then the, the playlist is called Mixtape Love Notes. Uh, and so this week's song, as Kimberly had predicted, I will pick most of these. That's true. Uh, this week's song is a song called The Giving. It is probably one of the only f- fully non-lyric pieces that will be on these playlists. I say that now, and then there'll be hundreds of them. I, I can almost bet you. How many podcasts are we doing if you say hundreds of them? Hundreds. Big dreams, guys. Um, but it's a song by uh, an artist named Michael W. Smith, who was the, a contemporary Christian artist in the 80s, like a pretty big one that I was uh, stuck listening to. Sorry, Mom. Uh, <laughs> and I I take it or leave it, whatever. But uh, around the time I was 16, he'd released this like orchestrated album. And he's actually, he's a beautiful composer, like just wonderful music. And I remember like when I was 16, I was listening to this album uh, called Freedom that uh, that he produced that, like I said, is like fully quote unquote classical music. Um that sounded, sounded a little bit like a movie soundtrack, but wasn't really a movie soundtrack. And the fourth piece on that album is a song called The Giving. And I remember distinctly thinking, like, man, this is – I could – like, at the time, I'd, I'd run sound for, like, a couple hundred weddings. So I had a pretty pretty good basis of, like, what, like, processional marches and, like, different songs <laughs> you could have for those that weren't the traditional ones. And I thought, man, this would be the perfect song for my wife to walk down the aisle to. So that is what we did because – when it came time to pick music for the wedding, Kimberly said, oh, you just figure it out because whatever whatever I pick would be wrong. Right? Well, I did try to pick a, a song line. to walk down the aisle to. I thought Vetoed. Cheeky and cute. Um, Vetoed. I think it was like a – what's the one that drops the Jupiter people? Train. Train. Wow, that was rough. That was real rough. Um, that song that was really popular. 
Drops of Jupiter? No, the love song, the one that everybody was getting no, married and walking no. down the aisle to. And I was like, what about that? That would be cute. And you were like, first off, super cliche. And second, I have this song. And I was like, ugh, super irritated. Like, why can't I have this song? I'm walking down. And then you tell me this beautiful story of like, this is the song I always wanted my wife to walk down the aisle to. And Long before I knew you. Before I was even a twinkle in your eye. Nope, that's apparent. No, that's that's, that's definitely birthing. Um, Either which way, this this is it's it's a beautiful song. It starts. Uh, Michael W. Smith is a pianist, so it starts off with just a very simple piano part, and then like floods into this large large scale orchestration uh, with like hard notes in it, and then softer notes in it, and then in the end, it kind of like resolves itself. That's pretty beautiful. Which I think is a good analogy allegory for marriage at least mm-hmm. for our marriage so anyway it's on it's on the playlist right after the the first two songs which are two versions of the luckiest which is what you heard in the last episode two versions i guess I, I said i'd heard a live version which is not even the one i put on the playlist but a live version and then the the album version the actual version yeah okay so you check those out check those out end of podcast routine here yeah. rapid fire questions but this time it was my turn okay one word answers which you'll be much better at than I was. Do you prefer it when I cook or you cook? It's more than one word. Um, ooh, this is going to be rude. I prefer my cooking, but I prefer when you do it. You prefer Meaning, when I do the work? Yes. Okay. And the dishes. Me on Red Bull or me on coffee? Ugh, none of the above. C? Aye, aye, aye. Music now or music then when we met? What do you mean? Do you prefer the music we have now or the music we had then? Well, if I say then, then I'm going to sound like crazy old and be like, because now I think it's on classic rock. I These think whippersnappers. Like K-Earth and their is new playing, music. you know, the songs that we listen to then. In the um, 90s? Easy. K-Earth plays 90s music. Is that what you're trying In to say? 2000. That's depressing. We don't need to talk about that. Um, I would say, I would say more music then, even though I do enjoy finding new music with you. Sure. But I like those ones like nostalgic bring me back. Okay. That was more than one word. So I was originally going to say Costa Mesa or Anaheim Hills. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's fair. Yeah, seriously. That's my hometown and where we live now. So South Central Orange County or North Orange County. Ooh, harsh, bro. Good luck with this one. We didn't have kids, Central Orange County. Because we have kids, North Orange County. Sorry, South County years. You are expensive. Yeah. Hockey, solid. hockey or football? Ooh, these are mean. Um, Figured I'd get these out of the way first. Football. Boo. I like hockey too, though. But uh, now they have sure. so many new players, I don't even know who's playing anymore. You don't know who's playing in football. I know, but I get it. If you say Joe Montana, I will smack you. Jerry Rice. Also smack you. Um, Brett Favre. I don't think he plays anymore, dear. Troy Aikman. Oh, my God. We should stop while we're Ryan ahead. Getzloff. Just kidding. He plays for the Ducks. Um, uh, yeah, which is a hockey team. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we will talk to you guys next time. This has been fun. I'm having a good time. I, of course you are. Wow. What? You didn't have to host this one. No pressure on you. That's very true. Very little planning on your part, which is what where you live. You love that. I do. Spontaneity. And then I just do the execution. Execution. Okay. Goodbye. Thank Bye. you for joining us.